Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You're listening to Straight Note Chaser on Dogs by Nature. It's like you have every formation known to man in your playbook. I wonder, uh, how do you avoid spreading it too thin and giving them too much to worry about instead of concentrating on what they do best? Yeah, that's a fair point, Tony. And what we try to do on the offensive side is it may look difficult to the defense, but it should be easy for the offense. So you mentioned formation. There are some things that you can do, uh, alignments, motions, shifts, that the, the goal is to confuse the defense and not the offense. And I think that's where our coaches have to be very mindful of that very point. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious Seven. My dogs by nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious Seven, and you're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. I've been critical of Tony Grossi in the past, but the question he poses at the top of this show is absolute fire. His delivery is so smooth and engaging, and the response he gets from Coach Stefanski, it really highlights uh, a transition between his training camp honeymoon charm offensive and that game day dog. So this is the last in a preseason series called The Opposition's Position. We finally got through all 13. And today we are fortunate to be joined in the Straight No Chaser studio by a couple of representatives from the Tennessee region. Pleased to welcome Tyler and Tanner from the Titans Time podcast. Hey man, I appreciate you having us on. My name is Tanner Staggs and I'm here with my brother Tyler Staggs. How you doing, man? Of course, like you said, we're the hosts of the Titans Time Podcast, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. We're available on any major podcast platform. Make sure that you go and check us out, Titans Time, and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the content. And you can find us on all social media platforms. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. Instagram and YouTube, it's Titans Time Podcast. Facebook, Titans Time. And you can check out our website for our articles, and other Titans content, and that is titanstimepodcast.com. Guys, it's great to have you on the program one week away from Football Eve. Tyler and Tanner can be found at Titans underscore time on Twitter. So guys, okay, it's all coming back to me. I'm still upset about that week one season-ending gut punch you gave us last year. Was that a sign of things to come with your team? And just how good of a coach is Mike Vrabel? I believe to an extent that game was a sign of things to come. Uh, Obviously, after that game, we didn't get off to the best start uh, for the first six games. Ended up getting shut out in Denver. Uh, Looking forward to that matchup week one this year. Hoping for a different outcome. But, you know, that game really showed how our team could play when they were firing on all cylinders 
and especially when we got to the playoffs, just showed how much fight our team uh, had in them and what they could do. So, like I said, to an extent, I believe that it was a sign of things to come with the team and, you know, hoping for more of that this year. And I think Brable is a great coach. He is he's very good at bringing the team together, making sure that everyone knows what job they're supposed to do. Doesn't just let it become about one person. He's very team-minded, and I think he's exactly what we need in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that it's a sign of things to come. And uh, I think that because, you know, we did that with Mariota, and then, of course, we moved over to Tannehill. But that was just kind of a sign of what the team can do when uh, a, a really good quarterback is under center because Marcus Mariota played a really good game. Um, and so, you know, the team uh, continued to get better. And then, you know, of course, once Tannehill came in, they continued to get better. Uh, there was a little bit of slump there with Marcus Mariota. And, of course, that's why ultimately there was the switch to Tannehill. And now with Tannehill having a full off season as the starter, I think that it definitely is a very, very good sign of things to come. And as far as Vrabel, uh, early last season, I wasn't exactly sold on him. But definitely throughout the playoffs, he showed that he is a fantastic coach. Not at all surprised about Mike Vrabel's success. That guy is born and bred in Ohio, of course. I was going to ask you guys about uh, Logan Ryan rumors, but football kind of happens fast, right? (laughs) Well, he would have been the second Titan starter to join the Browns. Uh, Talk to us about the loss of former first-rounder Conklin and what he meant to the stellar offensive line play you guys had last year. Have the Titans been able to rebuild that position through the draft? Well, I think that the loss of Conklin is huge for our offensive line. Uh, Of course, he was a really great right tackle and... We're definitely going to miss him there on the offensive line a lot, but I really do think that it was something we had to do, especially when you see uh, the the contract plans that they had for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Uh, that you know they planned on bringing those guys back long term, and that just didn't leave a lot of room uh, to to keep Conklin. Of course, you know, like I said, he's a great right tackle, um, and I think it really is gonna gonna hurt us quite a bit. But you know, we had to use that money in in other places. And so, you know, we saw earlier this week on Tuesday, the Titans had Nate Davis go down, and that makes us kind of uncertain for what's going to happen, you know, to start off the season. Is he going to be back, or are we going to have to bring Jamil Douglas in to start, who really has not shown a lot of great things? Uh, Or is Isaiah Wilson going to slide over? I I don't think that they're going to ask him to do that in such short time. But, uh, yeah, having Conklin would be great. Obviously, we couldn't make it happen because of money, uh, but I wish we could have. As far as rebuilding the line through the draft, I believe Isaiah Wilson is going to be a big piece for the Titans going down the line. Obviously, this year with the pandemic going on and everything, uh, training camps have been messed up. There's no preseason. So I do think that's going to hurt the team some. Uh, just because he hasn't been able to really get in there and get some reps against other teams. But I think that the Titans have made a lot of progress by grabbing the big guy, uh, Isaiah Wilson, and I see him playing a key part in their success over the next couple years. Yeah, last year your line was a surprisingly difficult matchup for us. Uh, We're happy to have Conklin on our side, but but Isaiah Wilson got you uh, optimistic about the future for sure. Uh, 
Ryan Tannehill brought you guys to the brink of the Super Bowl last year after starting the season as a backup, as you mentioned in your last question. Uh, do you have questions about his long-term viability? How do you think he and the team will finish in the AFC South? I think Tannehill is going to be really good for us. I feel like this system fits him really well. You know, we have that run-first system uh, following behind Derrick Henry, and then teams have to respect what Henry can do so much that it opens up the field for Tannehill. And if you look at the weapons that we have in this offense, A.J. Brown, I believe Corey Davis is going to have a big year, Khalif Raymond, Adam Humphreys, Jonu Smith, Ferkser. I mean, we have what I feel like is a lot of good weapons, and I think he can have a lot of a lot of success again this year just in this offense and the system that we run. As far as where Tannehill will finish in the AFC South, I think that you can put him in at about second. I think he's going to be behind Deshaun Watson, even though they've taken away some of his offensive weapons. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, they traded him for – what I feel like is pretty much nothing over the offseason, and that is going to hurt Deshaun Watson some. But he is a really good quarterback, and I think that stats, he is going to finish above Ryan Tannehill. But, uh, you know, I think that when you look at the season as a whole and don't really just go off of stats, but did this quarterback help his team win, then you're going to be looking at Ryan Tannehill out of the AFC South. And he's going to be the one uh, that you can say hands down he was the best. But stats-wise, it just might not reflect. Uh, the other two, of course, Gardner Minshew, Phillip Rivers, uh, I don't think that you're going to see a, a revival year out of Phillip Rivers. He's going to be, you know, what he has been, except a, a year older version and a little bit worse. And then Gardner Minshew, he, you know, I mean, he's promising, but you're not going to see that here in year one. Uh, I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be right up there with the top of the, at the top of the pack uh, with Deshaun Watson. Wow, a lot of praise for the former Miami Dolphin from the guys out of Tennessee. Uh, For my (laughs) two cents, I really think Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback, kind of clearly better quarterback than Dan Hill. However, I think that the offense and the team around them in general probably give Tannehill a slight edge in this one. Kind of like the Titans coming into this year. Oh, I forgot about this question. Losing the rushing title really stung for us fans of Nick Chubb. So what do you think the chances that Henry goes back to back on the rushing titles? What do you think Derrick Henry means to the identity of this team? I think there's a very good chance that Derrick Henry goes back to back on uh, winning the rushing title. He's just look at the work he's put in this offseason and Now with Ryan Tannehill under center, I think that just makes Derrick Henry better because while Mariota, I respect him, love when he was with the team, but I feel like Tannehill has better arm talent and can make more throws and some better decisions. And overall, that helps Derrick Henry out because teams aren't able to just stack the box against him. So... I think there's a good chance that he can go back-to-back, win that Russian title. And as far as what he means to the identity of this team, um, I think he means a lot to the identity of this team because he is – this team likes to battle in the trenches. And what better way to do that than with a big running back, a big physical running back like Derrick Henry? I mean, he gets stronger as the game goes along and just wears teams down and wears them out physically and mentally. 
I mean, look at what happened to uh, Earl Thomas with the Ravens. You know, I know y'all, as Brown fans, y'all probably be pretty happy about that, that you don't have to face him twice a year anymore. But, yeah, I think that Derrick Henry is very important to the identity of this team. It's also uh, important to mention, you know, sorry that our guy had to go and steal the rushing title from Nick Chubb last season. Uh, Nick Chubb had a really great season. Uh, and, you know, it's just one of those things that Derrick Henry had to do. And I think that you'll see Nick Chubb up there again towards the top uh, as far as rushing yards, probably rushing touchdowns as well. But hopefully our guy Henry can pull it out again. <laughs> Listening to that answer makes me remember that I'm still not over the hype let down after week one from last year. Yeesh. And just for the record, Freddie Kitchens gifted the rushing title to Derrick Henry. I mean, in this commenter's opinion, Nick Chubb is clearly the better runner than the plotter you refer to as Derrick Henry. <laughs> so, to the fifth question. What do you think games are going to be like this year with little or no fan attendance? Will the year finish is scheduled and what do you think the secret is to success? in this era of new normal you know i really don't think that fan attendance is going to make that big of a difference you know some guys obviously do get a little amped up from the crowd being loud and stands being full you know but at the end of the day these guys are professionals and they're out there you know doing what they practice to do almost every single day and you know i really just don't think that it's going to make that much of a difference other than you know obviously me not being able to go up to nashville and watch a couple of titans games which really does suck but uh you know i'm just glad that we're having football because it would be uh it would be pretty terrible without it uh so and as far as the new normal i really hope that that this doesn't continue to be the new normal i hope this all gets resolved uh as quickly as possible and that next season we can be sitting there in nissan stadium cheering on the tennessee titans and i do believe that this year will finish as scheduled um i just think that teams and the nfl in general is making sure that they follow all the protocols that they need to follow to make sure that the season can go and finish as scheduled our guests today are tyler and tanner from the titans time podcast That podcast is at Titans underscore time on Twitter. Tanner, Tyler, it has truly been a pleasure having you here at the Straight No Chaser Studios. You have been absolutely outstanding ambassadors for the Titans, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to have made your acquaintance. Uh, So, gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Man, I'm really looking forward to the Week 13 matchup when the Browns come to Nashville to play the Titans. Um, obviously I'm hoping for a repeat of this past year when they played week one but you know I think both of these teams are going to be in a position where they're fighting for a playoff spot and I think it's going to be a really good game a hard-fought game both teams have really good running backs and really good weapons at receiver so I it could very well be a shootout that game yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a close game, and there's no telling what's going to happen. Uh, so as, as far as you Brown fan, Browns fans, uh, best of luck to you guys when we get there. And uh, I, once again, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That's right. Week 13, you got number 13 coming into your stadium. It would be a shame if you guys ended up catching Triskaidekaphobia. So thank you so much to Tyler and Tanner of the Titans Time Podcast. And with that, we'll put this one in the books. You've been listening to Straight No Chaser. I am your host, 
Thelonious 7 on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care and go Browns. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.